Welcome to Follow to Lead, where we discover how to listen for and follow God's call so that we might lead others to God. Our shared stories of inspiration from religious leaders and those active in the educational ministry of the church can help you know better how God is calling you and the role passionate Catholic education plays in spreading His message of faith, hope, and love. Now please welcome the hosts of Follow to Lead, Father Randy Sly and Kyle Pietrantonio. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Christ the teacher, teach us to listen. Teach us to do the deep listening to the sounds of our soul, waiting to hear your voice, calling us to cast out deeper, to become fishers of men and women, shepherds of souls, to follow your will in order to lead others to the truth, beauty, and goodness only you can offer. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to Follow to Lead, a journey twice a month into the world of Catholic education, exploring what it means to follow God in order to lead others to Him. I'm Father Randy Sly, your host for this program. And today we will be talking with Mark Middendorf, who is the president of Ave Maria University in Ave Maria, Florida. And uh, Mark is a native of Chicago and educated at Northern Illinois University, along with holding a master's in business administration and finance from DePaul University. And after a career in marketing and management, he felt a special call to the new evangelization in the church. He founded a lay apostolate many of you may know of, and that is Lighthouse Catholic Media, which grew to become the largest producer of Catholic audio talks and also distributed books through kiosks and parish-based programs. In 2015, Lighthouse merged with the Augustan Institute, where Mark became the executive vice president for Mission Expansion, where he launched uh, the Formed.org platform, providing resources for evangelization and catechesis in more than 6,500 parishes, and there are over 1 million users at this time. He was selected as the fourth president of Ave Maria University and began his office on February 1st of 2022. Mark and his wife, Christine, are the proud parents of four children, one of whom I believe is an alumnus of Ave Maria University, and he's got two others, I think, currently uh, enrolled at uh, the university right now. So, Mark, welcome to the program. Thank you, Father. It's great to be here. We are so glad that you could be with us today, and uh, what we like to do with each of our programs is to begin by giving our guests an opportunity to tell us a little bit about yourselves and your upbringing, so we'd love to have you do that at this time. Sure. Well, I was very blessed with uh, two loving parents. My father passed away uh, about 10 years ago, and my mom is still living, and I was baptized Catholic. Catholic grade school, went to a Catholic high school called Marion Central Catholic High School in Woodstock, Illinois. Uh, And I would say I was a fairly, I was definitely practicing Catholic during that whole time. Uh, You know, we went to mass every week, but I was, it was not a core part of my life. And when I went away to college, I started to drift, I would Uh call it. And by the time I graduated, I had drifted a fair amount, and uh, but I had a, a a group of guys that I was very close with. Uh, that were we were all a lot of us were in the same fraternity together, and uh, but God wasn't part of that friendship. 
it was it was more secular, I would say. And one day, uh, one of my friends, Doug, uh, we were all playing basketball. We all loved to do different sports. We backpacked, we rock climbed together. We did all these different things, um, brought a Bible and, and said, hey, would anybody like to read this Bible with me? And, and I don't know why at that time I wasn't married, but I, 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 we all had a, this deep friendship. So I was like, you know, I'll do it with you, Doug. And a number of the other guys joined in as well. And we just read the Bible cover to cover. Now, wow. in this group of guys, they were all different faiths. Uh, and I would say some even agnostic or leaning towards atheist. But eventually everyone came and we we did that. And then what happened after we all did it, we said, okay, let's ask a question and we'll stay on that question as a group until we're all in consensus on that. Uh, that. And that went on for about a year. And But whatever we... Uh, the question was, you had to be able to show it in scripture since most of the group was not Catholic. And um, so th they didn't want to hear about certain things. And one day the question came up, are you cat or are you saved? And what do you base that on? And we stayed on that question for three years. And at the end of the three year period of time, every single person in the group was Catholic. Oh my and word. It was through that experience. And I was, I was still at that time, I had moved out to Connecticut. And, and so, and, and this is back before the internet. So you, you were reading and, and back then they had audio cassette tapes, which I would get a lot of them from this company called St. Joseph Communications, Terry Barber. Oh yeah, absolutely. Coast, California. And sure. one of them was Scott Hans yeah. uh, answering common objections. And this is, you know, back when a lot of these people weren't well known. You know, this is in the early days, I would say. But it was these, it was this, these cassette tapes uh, and some of the books and uh, places like Catholic Answers that, like, I never heard all these things before, even though I went to this Catholic grade school, Catholic high school. And, you know, my, in fact, I worked at a retreat center. My boss was a priest at one point in time. And uh, although he's since left the priesthood. So, uh, but at any rate, so it was through that experience that I just, my love for our Lord just continued to increase. And um, while I was out and God had blessed me financially uh, in the corporate world, um, and I was living in Connecticut, and I just felt this, it's only happened to me three times in my life. Uh, and the first time was basically uh, in 2005 to leave the corporate world and give back to our Lord what I was given through mm -hmm. these cassette tapes. And at that time, we started CDs just started to come on the scene. And so we, um, I had made the Marian consecration, and I would say that was the turning point. Uh, in the in the nineties, I made that, and you know, as John Paul the Great would say, um, the turning point in his life wasn't when he became a priest or became a bishop or became a cardinal or even became a pope. He would say the turning point in his life is when he made his Marian consecration, and I would say that was the same for myself. Uh, so after that all happened, uh, I just had this deep interior 
it wasn't an audible voice or anything like that, but this deep interior voice to leave. And I was 40 years old. We had four kids under seven. Um, my spiritual director, uh, you know, said, well, your wife has to agree to all this. Right. And she did eventually agree. And so in 2005, on August 15th, 2005, I left the corporate world. We started up Lighthouse Catholic Media. And I will always say the two co-founders were this person, Dave Duran, who was instrumental with us. And now he's on the board at Ave Maria University mm -hmm. um, in helping to form up our sales force and everyone. And then Terry Barber, who uh, was at St. Joseph Communications, uh, he was instrumental in helping to provide all this content because he had all these talks and God really blessed things, you know, within a handful of years, we had 750 account managers. We were in thousands of parishes where we were making CDs and books, printing books on four continents in different languages. And, um, we collaborated a lot with other apostolates, mm -hmm. as you can imagine. Um, one of those collaborations was with Dr. Tim Gray, and from the he's the founder of the Augusta Institute. Right, and I became Tim is one of my dearest friends. We would go on vacation together with our families, and and there was one particular vacation we went on in 2015. We went backpacking up in the Sawtooth Mountains in Idaho, uh, not a soul around, and we brought Father Michael Gately with us, and so we could have mass every day and. It was on that trip as we're hiking down the mountain that Tim Gray says to me, Mark, do you think we could reach more souls for Christ if we were one apostolate versus just partnering? Because we had five different partnerships at that point in time, and mm -hmm. we were heavily partnering with Ignatius Press and Father Fessio. And uh, we had launched the form platform and these other types of uh, things. That was the second time in my life I had that deep interior voice. One was 2005, 10 years later, and it was unmistakably. I I think God gave me that experience because without that, I don't know if I would have had the courage to do what he was calling me to do. So he made it very clear uh, what that calling was. So when Tim asked me this question, walking down the mountain, if we could reach more souls, that was that second time. And in again, not an audible voice, voice but this deep interior voice saying, you need to do this. And so we pursued down that path. We made uh, a donation of my whole life's work, no restrictions of what everyone would consider Lighthouse Catholic Media, all of those assets. And we gave that to the Augustine Institute. And then that also involved moving my family, uh, who was not in college at that time, out to Denver. So we did that. I loved what I was doing out there. It was incredible. The fellowship. They have a huge master's program in theology there. And uh, we started producing all these other books and doing all this other work. And uh, and indeed, God did multiply the number of souls that we were impacting. So um, then fast forward to a couple years ago, we were uh, discerning at the Augusta Institute looking at doing something similar to what I did with Lighthouse to the Augustine Institute with taking the Augustine Institute and doing something like that with the university, Ave Marie University. Uh, that ended up not moving forward. Um, but during that process, 
Tim and I were talking one day and after it was, we knew it wasn't going to happen. And Tim said to me, Mark, I've been really praying about this. I think maybe you might be called to go to Ave Maria University to be to apply to be president. Now, a little backstory there. I had supported Ave Maria University back in 2002. I okay. got my first solicitation then. I was still in the corporate world. I loved the vision. My oldest son at that time was only four years old. And I thought, maybe someday he'll go to this university. Well, Michael graduated here in 2020. My other daughter, Catherine, went here, graduated last year in nursing. And I have a daughter that's a junior here now. So, uh, and my other son wanted to go into film. So he went to a university out in California. But um, so during that, uh, when Tim asked me that question, the third time in my life, I had that deep interior movement and and I never go home during work uh, during the day but I I told Tim after this happened in the moment it happened I'm like Tim I got to go and I left the office I went home I needed to share it with my wife I thought for sure she would say no we we we're not going to do this again but mm -hmm. she did the opposite she said well I think this god may be just testing you really like maybe he's not calling you to do it he just wants to see if you'll Put your hat in the ring and go through and go through this process. Do you trust them? So I did that and fast forward through the interview process. Uh, obviously, they offered me the job and I took it. And when I got here, in my mind, I'm just like, Lord, what are you doing? Like it's uh, you know, I thought I would be in Denver with Augusta Institute the rest of my life, and I loved what they were doing and still do. And, but I knew within two weeks why God had brought me here. He had been preparing me my whole life for this mission. And wow. you look at what Pope John Paul II wrote on August 15th, 1990, in his Apostolic Constitution, Ex Corte Ecclesiae, which is the Magna Carta for all Catholic universities in the country to adhere to. And he says, without any doubt, Catholic universities are essential for the growth of the church. And I see it so clearly, the role that we play. And in that apostolic constitution, he's got three rallying cries, two clarion or three clarion calls for the world. The first is to support Catholic universities that adhere to these principles. And by the way, there's only like 15 that adhere to this out of the 221 Catholic universities left in the country. The second is to, to defend its civil liberties. And Tom Monahan, who is our founder, and, and the reason he built this university is because of that apostolic constitution, basically, mm -hmm. uh, built a law school, Ave Maria Law School, that we work very closely with. And then the third clarion call from the Holy Father is where there are no Catholic universities that do this to build it. And Tom Monahan's the only man since 1990 to respond to Pope John Paul II is to build a university. There's been some small colleges and institutes, but a full university. And Tom, still to this day, is very active in Abbey. He has an office here. He works full-time here for the university and, uh, well, volunteers his time, but he's here and, uh, you know, has invested over $500 million right. 
his money into this for that one reason, for the, to be a fountainhead of renewal for the church, for the salvation of souls. And that's really how I got here. Those were the, the three times in my life. And it's just amazing. If you trust in our Lord under our blessed mother's mantle, uh, what he will do with you through her using her intercessory yeah, help. Now, you said there were, what, 15 universities? Let me get that statistic clear yeah, again. So there's, yeah, so there's 221 Catholic universities, colleges in the United States. Right. Of those, 15 adhere to that document, Ex Corte Ecclesiae. They call them the Newman Guide Schools. Okay. Of those 15, only eight of them are universities. Of those eight, only two today offer a doctoral program in theology. We're one of two universities left in the country to hold that distinction. And why is that important? Well, a lot of those graduates are going on to teach in seminaries, to teach or form our future priest. And we, and we are so blessed here. We have so many young men going into the priesthood and women going into religious life. And so many young men and women getting married that meet here mm -hmm. and are just incredible uh, examples of what God's plan is for married couples. That That is really an amazing thing to think about. And just looking over the website for Ave Maria, uh, your theological faculty is just uh, so deep and rich in what it can offer. Uh it, yeah, Father, we are so blessed here. We just had a Christmas party last night. We have nine different priests here. We've got a Benedictine, a Dominican, a good Jesuit, Father Fessio, comes back and teaches. Right. So I always have to clarify that because sometimes people, if I say Jesuit and don't give the example, may think something different. Um, a Franciscan, diocesan priest. We have nine priests. We have seven daily weekday masses. Wow. Our students, we're going to add an eighth one in the spring. Uh, Tom's vision is to have mass uh, every hour for from the time the students wake up to when they before they go to bed. And um, we have an incredible relationship with the town. They have a local parish here. Uh, the pastor there actually teaches sometimes here. And it's, it's just a very unique place. I don't think there's another place like this in the United States. And the closeness with the faculty, you know, people have golf carts. They go to each other's homes. The students, we we meet here on campus. There's just so much life and joy. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. That is that is so neat to hear. Now, I want the reason we're really meeting today on Follow to Lead is to talk about Mary's Marines. But before we do that... Um, I'd like to just have you give us a little bit of an overview of Ave Maria University academically uh, and uh, a little bit longer than an elevator speech, but just kind of tell us about the school. All right. Well, I'll do my best. I'm uh, relatively new, so I've only been here. I'm going on two years. So if I don't do a good job, you can ask me clarifying questions. So we have uh, we offer 35 majors. Um, we have about 1,300 and some 
students. We obviously have the undergraduate program, the master's program. We have an MA in education as well and leadership and, uh, and an MBA programs. And then we have the doctoral programs. Our students come from all over the United States and multiple countries. Um, we have the most amazing residential life here. Uh, we have all these faith-based households, which the students form lifelong friendships. And it's interesting when you talk to read Cardinal Newman, St. John Henry Newman, and the idea of the university and the other book that's written on him called The Making of Men, he talks about forming the intellect, the love of truth, and the will, the love of God. And he says, the intellect is formed, you know, on the academic, in the classrooms and stuff. The will, the virtues really are formed in the, what he called the colleges, which for him were at Oxford, the dorms. So our, the way we work here at the university is all the students basically live in the dorms and they live there for four years. And we adhere to John, or St. John Henry Newman's principle that, and the reason we don't want the students, the juniors and senior moving off campus, and a lot of the other colleges or universities have acquiesced on that point, they allow that, you know, because you can bring in more revenue, but we will not do that. And the reason we won't do that is it's because it's your juniors and seniors that are well-formed yeah. that can really influence the freshman and sophomore. And right. Newman would say, and, and it's a great book, I, I had it open here uh, called The Making of Men. And uh, he says, when a multiple, a multitude of young men or students, keen, open-hearted, observant, come together and freely mix with each other, they are sure to learn from one another, even if there be no one to teach them. The conversation of all is a lecture, is a series of lectures to each, and they gain for themselves new ideas and views fresh matter of thought, distinct principles for judging and acting day by day. And then he goes on to explain his preference for a residential university. If he had a choice, a residential university without formal teaching or a non-residential university with lectures, he chooses the, the residential university without formal teaching. That's how important it is to him. And we try to adhere to those principles and we see the fruit of it. Mm -hmm. Lived out my son... In his faith-based households, uh, five of his his groomsmen were all guys from his household. These are lifelong friendships that went with him from the university. That uh, these guys are going to help get each other to heaven. And, you know, it's interesting uh, uh, that the same concept uh, is being used by a lot of Catholic high schools now in terms of building communities uh, that are not stratified by by grade but rather made up of all the different grades and then they're divided down into households so in a sense while they can't live in a dorm it's it's somewhat of the same principle where the older students can have such a major influence on the younger yeah it's it's so beautiful and we just see it lived out here we see so many students they join the house faith-based household they're going to mass together they're going to adoration together they're doing different spiritual things. They go on retreats together. They support each other. You know, and I think this 
culture that the students grow up in today, there's a lot more challenges there than the culture that I grew up in. You know, technology is very different today. And, you know, there's good that can come from it, but there's also a lot of temptation and bad things right. and, uh, that, that I we didn't we weren't exposed to. And uh, so they can really support each other in a way. And then they also so you have the academic classroom, you have the residential classroom, the faith based, and then you have the classroom of silence. We have eight different chapels on campus. We have a 24-7 adoration chapel and where the Holy Spirit can really talk to you. And, you know, so for us, it's about forming the whole person, right. the intellect and the will. And actually, there's a great quote by Fulton Sheen uh, where he says, if education is not grounded in the truth, forming the whole person, then it is worthless. And if it does not form the whole purpose person, if it does not form the whole person, then you are paying full price for half an education. And I dare say that is what most students at a lot of Catholic universities and other universities are getting. And worse yet, you you could say, well, they, they don't, uh, you know, t the, even if they're not teaching the fullness of truth, they're still learning, but they're learning the vices, not right. the virtues. Yeah. So. Now, the reason that uh, that we're even here on this program today is I got a press release from a friend of mine, and the headline grabbed my attention because it says, Mary's Marines are ready to serve. Ave Maria University students make daily commitment to spend time with Jesus as a part of its own Eucharistic revival. And the minute I saw that headline and then began to read down through the, the body of the of the release— I knew I had to have you on the program. I, I uh, tell us about Mary's Marines. This is an amazing uh, expression of university life. So, I would say the origin of Mary's Marines, the core of the program, which is students spending fifteen minutes to an hour every day before the Blessed Sacrament. The concept, the idea came to me about a month before I got to Ave Marie University. So what was happening is I, I love Archbishop Fulton Sheen, mm -hmm. and I love mm -hmm. his talks. We put him in Lighthouse Catholic Media, all these things. And he's got a particular series called Going on Retreat. It's about a six hour, uh, six hours worth of audio talks that he's giving to uh on a reach on this uh retreat they've all been recorded so it's his voice you can actually uh get it on audible it's accessible to anybody going on retreat and in that he talks about the most important thing that he spent his life doing was preaching the daily holy hour he himself never missed it ever and i can't imagine a lot of people busier than that man right uh, and and, and, he, and one of the things that really hit me to the core when I was listening to it, and this is two months before I got, came here, he says, and this is a quote, the reason above all reasons to spend time with our Lord in adoration, it is, it is because it is the one thing, the one thing Jesus asked his apostles to do. He didn't ask them 
to fast for 40 days in the desert. He didn't ask him to spend all night on prayer, in prayer on the mountaintop. He didn't ask him to share in his agony on the cross, but he did ask him on the night before he was crucified, specifically to Peter, James, and John, to watch and pray with him one hour. And friends spend time with friends. And basically, it will be a sure anchor in the sea of spiritual chaos, I think. And so th when I heard him speak those words, I just felt, you know, I, I, I was going to adoration, but, you know, I'd have a once a week or that type of thing. And I just decided in that moment, it was maybe a little reckless on my part, but I made a commitment to our Lord, like, Lord, I am going to go make the daily holy hour every day. And if I become president of the university, I know I'm going to need it. And I will commit to making it every day the rest of my life. And um, I can't tell you, for me, how transformative it, it's been just in my own prayer life, but also in just making decisions and different programs. You know, the best ideas of things we've done have come about from that. So then in the Adoration Chapel, uh, that I, as I'm doing this, um, this thought came to my mind on Mary's Marines, that the term Mary's Marines, I took from Father Michael Gately. That's his term. Right. Yep. And, um, and the, the, what we, the fruit of what we give the students kind of part of it came from Ignatius press. We give all the students this book in the shadow of his wings. If you've never read it, it's one of the most amazing life stories I think ever penned. It's about this German seminarian drafted into Hitler's army. His mom dies when he's seven years old. This nun spiritually adopts him. And it's his time through the war. And it's the power of that one holy nun's prayer, that one holy sister's prayer for this man. So if the students make this commitment of 15 to 60 minutes every day before the tabernacle, what we give to them is I had a student worker, we called every poor clerk cloister in the country and about 40 other religious orders, and we asked for sisters or nuns that would spiritually adopt our students and pray for them every day individually, and we give them a card that talks about that student. So we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sisters and nuns all over the country wow. that have spiritually adopted our students. That idea and that gift to them, if they become one of Mary's Marines, came from this. The next item was the Bible in a year. Well, when I was at the Augustine Institute, um, Augustine Institute has a lot of scriptural scholars, and Tim Gray obviously is uh, was the leader behind coming out with this Bible in a year. And so we give them the students the Bible in a year, so that because I, you know, scripture is the normative way God speaks to us. And if you're spending twenty minutes a day in front of the Blessed Sacrament reading scripture, uh, God's going to speak to you. And the Holy Spirit's going to reach you. And so, so the students get that Bible in a year, so they have something to do when they're doing going before the Blessed Sacrament, uh, you know, in Lexio Divina, that whole thing. Uh, the third is we have a Mass offer for them. And uh, then we do some special events for the students and stuff like that here. So that's basically, you know, so the, but all of those things that we give the students, that all came through adoration. Mm -hmm. And so that's the whole program kind of came together uh, shortly after I got here. And 
uh, it's been just a huge blessing. I, I've got, uh, for another interview, somebody said to me, well, do you, ha you have some quotes from some students on what the impact was. And, uh, you know, I have quote. I never like went out there soliciting the quotes. Students would mm -hmm. come up to me and share things. But I asked them, we sent a little thing out and I asked them for some quotes. I'll just read you just a couple quotes, just so you have a sense of what it's meant to students. This one student, his name's Blaze, said, doing a holy hour every day has completely changed my life. By going to visit our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, my relationship and friendship with Jesus has deepened beyond anything I could have done outside of his presence. It's where I get my peace. Another student, Nat Natalia, I absolutely cannot express how happy I am to be adopted by a sister praying for me daily. And then finally, I'll just give you one other one from Claire. The Bible in a year was immensely helpful in guiding me through incorporating daily scripture in my prayer life. It played a key part in unveiling my need for God's word in my day-to-day -day life. I really enjoyed seeing all of the parts of the Old and New Testament fall into place like one big love story. Mm -hmm. it's, it's those types of experiences. and It's amazing how many students have changed their major now to theology or philosophy. Wow. Now, how many students, how many students are participating at this point? We have, well, there's hundreds and hundreds. I'd have to get the total count because we also have a separate program called, it's the only program Tom Monahan's ever allowed to be named after him. He's never allowed a building to be named after him, anything, but he allowed this program and it's called our Thomas S. Monahan scholarship, founder scholarship program. And it has the same component in it. We give the Bible in a year, but there's a few extra components and we have a scholarship attached to it as well. Oh, wow. And uh, they meet together as a group. So if I add all those together, it's we're coming up on half the campus, I would say. Wow. And what is your student population at this point? 1,335. Uh, just amazing to think about. Uh, over 650 students in adoration, just spending time before the Blessed Sacrament and allowing Christ to really form in their hearts in such an intentional way. That just must uh, uh, be such an amazing gift to the campus. Yeah, it, it truly is. On the, Now, with the Thomas S. Monaghan, we don't require the adoration, but a lot of them do it. What we require is the Bible in a year. It's a four-year program that they go through, but uh, but they all have a sister assigned to them. Mm -hmm. So when I was the, on the spiritual adoption is what I was referencing on the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. But on the right. adoration, it's still, I, I don't know how many students, because the households do it as well outside of this. And it's 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 very crowded in our adoration chapel. And it's a, we're, we're just blessed because I think God, the Holy Spirit is really doing some amazing things here. And the joy you just see the joy in people and how they treat each other and just our faculty go. We have we have four faculty that came last last fall. They gave up full tenure at other prestigious universities to come teach here. And we don't offer tenure. And, you know, in the staff, people coming here that uh, have made this venture of faith, as Cardinal Newman talks about in his famous mm -hmm. homily on We Are Able, those that in uh, James and John. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I feel very privileged and, uh, 
and I get to see it firsthand, one with my own kids. And people ask me back in the day before I was long before I was here, why do you send you why, Mark, are you promoting Ave Maria University? Because if anybody ever asked me where should I send my kids to college when I was with Lighthouse or Augusta Institute, I would say hands down, I, if it was me, I would send them to Ave Maria University. And 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 and, and no criticism. There the, some of those other Newman Guide schools are great places. So I'm not detracting from them. But for me, for a lot of different reasons, it was here. And and they would say, well, why is that? And I would say, well, my primary vocation as a husband and father for my children, it's to help get myself and my wife to heaven, but to get my children to heaven. And I know of no finer university in the country that will help do that better than what I personally experienced here with my own children and so many other friends uh, than Ave. Now, one of the things I was noticing on the website, uh, it has a list of the the things that um, uh, are are uh, available to those that are part of Mary's Marines. As you said, the the uh, adoption by the religious sister, uh, the book, the uh, leather bound Bible in a year, but also lists uh, special events. What kind of events have you been holding for uh, for those involved in this program? Yeah, so we have we promote across the whole campus every semester marrying consecration so um we are it's coming up tomorrow december 8th is going to be for this semester uh when we ask all faculty staff coaches students parents of students to join us if they've made it already to renew it if they haven't to do it we use 33 days to morning glory by uh michael father michael gately right and then we do the same in the spring semester on the Feast of the Annunciation, uh, which is Tom Monahan's birthday. It's a special day here. And um, so those are two big events, Marian consecration events that we ask the Mary's Marines to really join in a particular way. We'll do a Eucharistic procession uh-huh. around things like that. So, uh, but it's, and then, yeah, so that that's that's a couple events to answer your question. That's fantastic. What a, a great way to again unify the campus as community uh around the consecration. You know, and it's interesting. I love Michael Gately's story about how that term even came about that there was his roommate was a Marine. And yeah. uh so they became Mary's Marines. And the beautiful thing that I liked about that is that the intention was not about what what they could get for each other, but what they could do to encourage each other. Mm-hmm. And I would I would imagine that kind of is the same spirit that's involved in Mary's Marines at Ave Maria, that it's more about encouraging and spurring others on to faithfulness. Yeah, I think so. And and also, uh, it's interesting, uh, Tom Monahan also was a Marine, and it's while he was in the Marines that he got he came up with his five priorities of life that have guided his whole life. And uh, so you have that aspect of the Marines. Our mascot is the bulldog, which is the Marines mascot. And we uh-huh. are the uh, our name, Ave Maria Gyrenes, the Gyrene was a slang name in World War II for Marines, G.I. Right. Marines. And so the Marines are, it's just part of our DNA here, uh, mainly because our founder brought that. But then uh, 
So it's interesting how this has kind of come into play. And, and like for all of our students, our incoming students, we have this beautiful rosary. It's made out of parachute cord. It's virtually indestructible. We have these uh, just beautiful women uh, that put these together for us. We get the crucifixes from the Holy Land and uh, they make them for us and all, for all our students. And uh, so there's just a tie to the Marines as well. And uh, and I always loved that because when I was at Lighthouse and Augusta Institute, we wanted to do things that support, supported the military uh, right. services, like with our talks, because the, the chaplains are so understaffed, so under-supported, and they have such responsibility. So anything that we could do, uh, we would give them for free, like CDs or books or things like that, and, and formed even uh, subscriptions. So uh, it's for me, it was kind of natural, this Mary's Marines. Has there been an impact uh, outside of the college campus, the university campus? In terms of Mary's Marines, have people kind of taken an interest maybe from other schools, maybe even uh, Catholic schools or uh, uh, Catholic high schools or even elementary schools? You know, we started doing these types of programs. So I uh, I haven't heard yet anyone but uh i would imagine especially with all the focus on the blessed sacrament on the eucharistic revival with bishop cousins and this whole thing uh my hope is they do i mean one of the things when tom built this and founded this university he wanted it to be a beacon of light for other catholic universities to follow and so uh you know because really we're we're not competing with each other the the <laughs> it's out there it's the rest of the culture that we're trying to help right. and support so uh so we're always open to sharing what we're trying to do here with others and uh so but not to my knowledge though father do you do you uh see ways in which maybe some of the ideas of Mary's Marines could become a part of a say a catholic elementary middle or even a high school yeah i, I of course, they would have to have adoration yeah. in that facility, uh, a chapel. But I think if high schools adopted this, if grade schools adopted it, I was very blessed. Uh, the parish where my kids grew up in was called Holy Cross in Batavia, Illinois. And there was a priest there, Monsignor Dan Deutsch, credible priest. Uh, he built an adoration chapel there. And and a, and a brand new Catholic school, in a time when all these Catholic schools are closing, he builds a new one, and it's packed to capacity, practically from like within a year or two. They would take a lot of the teachers would take their students to adoration as part of their mm -hmm. the day, and they would all go to mass daily. So, um, you know, I and, and and you saw the fruit of it um, of those types of things. So. Um, you know, I'm I'm hopeful because I think it it could be a great source of revival, as the bishops have articulated for our Catholic schools. Which, unfortunately, right now, you know, it's it's been they've been in decline. We've been closing Catholic schools, and uh, and I think if we just fully, authentically lived out the faith, you would draw people in. Uh, I've wondered, uh, you know, we have the uh, Eucharistic revival that basically is a three-year 
emphasis here in uh, in the United States. Do you see Mary's Marines though as a permanent fixture at Ave Maria? I would assume well, that it's it's not just something for now, but something that you see as a long term program. Oh, most certainly, yeah, uh, it is here to stay, and including this Thomas S. Monahan Founder Scholarship Program, we've just seen. It's just incredible fruit coming out of it, and uh, and God's really blessed it. And our, you know, it's we we have a very distinct Marian charism here at the university. So the, you know, she is our this is she is our alma mater, right? This is mm-hmm. it, you know we're not associated with the religious order. So like, um, we are under her mantle. So we have four core pillars. Uh, marrying consecration, marrying cords, marrying culture, and marrying community. And each one of those is v- very distinctive in what it does. And so this part, this marriage Marines is a essential part of one of those pillars. So yeah, it, it, I don't see it going anywhere. And it's just been such a blessing. And, and really even to our faculty and staff as well. Um, one of our finance teachers his name uh he's got his doctorate of course um but when i go to do my daily holy hour he tends to make his always at the same time of the day because i go we have an early mass i go to 6 30 mass then either before that mass or after it is when i do my holy hour and uh and he usually is there too and he just sees and you see how it transforms everything around you you know and then when and we came out with this program called Short Courses, uh, which uh, is are led by our faculty. They're free courses online. Anybody could watch them. And I'll have to, I didn't bring the pamphlet with me, but at any rate, it's all these different short courses on whether it's computer science or political science or different areas of theology or the philosophy of motherhood all these different types of classes across all these different sciences of course the queen of the sciences theology and her handmade is philosophy but all of the sciences can convey convey god and so we have like in computer science we talk about aquinas in computer science and these tie-ins these unique things that they're that are, they're all there they all build on each other you know and um and so i think if your audience is interested in watching any of these short courses they're all free and uh and they're just and they're short and they're pretty amazing now as as uh, you probably know the audience for follow to lead is primarily made up of administrators and teachers uh, mostly from uh, high school, middle, and uh, elementary schools, parish schools. Uh, from your position, uh, now serving as the president of Ave Maria, and just thinking about our current culture, what counsel or advice do you have for the leaders and educators who are in the trenches right now in Catholic schools? I think relying on grace, God's grace, through the sacraments, promoting them, utilizing all of that along with the other things within the church the rosary the marian consecration all these things 
like if we're not deploying all of those weapons, if we're if we're not fighting a spiritual battle with spiritual weapons, we're really doing a disservice to our students. And one of the interesting programs we just came out with for educators, especially principals, and it's an online uh, MA program, uh, well, master's in education program for uh, Catholic leaders. And the guy that runs that, his name is Dr. Dan Guernsey, who was principal of uh, our local grade school and high school here called Donahue. It's a K through 12 uh, classical Catholic grade school and high school. I think that those types, the educate the, the, what they would learn from going to a program through a program like that, uh, I think would, they would be very edified by it and it would really help them with ideas and how they can do things differently at the practical level within the schools that they're responsible for, especially if they're a principal. Well, Mark Mendorf, I want to thank you so much for being with us today on, on Follow to Lead. Boy, it's been really a rich discussion. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Father. It's a joy to be here. Thank you for having me on the program, and, and thank you for what you're doing. And also, it was just your own personal story is just so amazing. So, Oh, uh, thank you. You know, um, I'm sure there are people that would like to know more about Ave Maria and even more about uh, Mary's Marines. Where Where should they go on the web? AveMaria.edu. And we're coming out with a new website. We're launching a new website tomorrow. So, uh, and and a lot of this is really flushed out in a deeper way. So uh, if they wait till tomorrow uh, to visit, you'll they'll see a lot more there. And we would just encourage, especially if you've got juniors or seniors in high school, we do what's called an AVE experience here down at the university and students come down they spend the day here on campus a lot of them will spend the night in the dorms with other students so they can really get a sense of the culture down here and i would just encourage people if you're regardless of where you're thinking about going to come and to ave and just you know see if and discern might this be where god's calling you to come fantastic and I'm sure all of the information on that will be on the website in terms of yes. how to to be involved in that. Mark, again, thanks so much. What a what a blessing to be with you today. And uh, for more information about the Duke and Altam Schools Collaborative, you may visit our website at diaschools.org. Uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel or uh, follow our podcast on your podcast platforms. And be sure to leave a comment to encourage us toward future programs. May Almighty God bless you. We'd like to thank you for joining us on this episode of Follow to Lead, a production of the Duke and Altam Schools Collaborative. To learn more about finding your own path in your journey of faith, or for more information on what we discussed in today's episode, you are invited to follow us on social media and visit us on the web at diaschools.org. To provide a one-time donation or monthly pledge, please visit our website. Your gift will aid us in providing up-to-date information, additional resources, and other support on how to take Catholic education to a higher level. We look forward to helping you follow God's call to lead others to God right here on Follow to Lead.